In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. A very warm welcome. We're so glad you've joined us. I love Christmas. As a small child, we grew up deep in the west country of uh, England, and our grandparents came from the north coast of North Norfolk. And we used to go up there every now and then as a whole family. It was the day before seatbelts, so we'd leave the farm in my parents' estate car with all four children sleeping like sardines uh, in a row in the back of the car. And as you can imagine, it was one of the most exciting trips of our little lives. It took 13 hours. One year we did the journey and the car steering wheel had no outer rim because a donkey had made its way from the back of the car onto the passenger seat while the driving was going on on a separate occasion and the rim had broken off. And we met a policeman actually on New Year's Eve coming back and it was an interesting conversation. Well, officer, there was a donkey in the car. He kind of, things got a bit weird after that. But it was an extremely exciting journey. And uh, on arrival, there were 11 grandchildren and 10 adults. And we kind of built into a frenzy of Christmas expectation. I can only imagine our neighbors spent six months recovering from it and five months dreading the next visit. But one game we used to play up at my grandmother, grandparents' house with blind man's bluff. You know the game with uh, one person with a blindfold on, everyone else running around? jumping out, pinching them, and so forth. And you catch hold of them, you have to guess who they are. It's a great game, but it is only a game. And I wonder if you can imagine what it would be like if God were like that, kind of hidden away. You had to kind of grope after him, weren't quite sure where he was, what he was like, and so forth. There's one sentence at the end of this really very famous reading we just had read 
for us. They're on page three. I'd love you to turn to it and have, you, have it in front of you, because we're going to spend the whole of the next few minutes looking at just this one sentence. And I want us to look at the first half of the last sentence there on the page. Numbered 18, no one has ever seen God. Now, that is a straight statement. I've asked on many occasions, you know, hands up anybody who's had a fully conscious, face-to-face, full encounter with God. And I'm not going to ask you to do that now because the people in white coats might come and take you away. But, you know, nobody has actually had that. It's a straight statement of fact. No one has ever seen God. Okay, Moses got a glimpse of God. Yeah, okay, Isaiah caught just a snapshot of what God is like. But nobody's ever had a full-on encounter with the living God. And that, of course, leads to real Christmas confusion because without revelation, there's just speculation. Oh, I think God is a kind of sparkly toad fairy who steps in on random occasions and so forth. I don't actually think that, just in case you were wondering, but one person might say that. One person might say, you know, I think God is a kind of cuddly, cozy, heavenly Teletubby. Someone else might say, well, I actually think God is harsh and brutal. Someone might say, I think God is a he. And someone else might say, I think God is a she. And somebody else might say, I don't think God exists at all. Or somebody might say, look, I want to be ambivalent, agnostic. I'm just not too sure. And maybe you think that is satisfactory, but it can't be, can it? You know, when the stakes are so high, because we're talking about God, we're talking about eternity, where we're going, because we're talking about God, we're talking about purpose, why we're here. Because we're talking about God, we're talking about, about accountability, ultimate accountability. What will be the verdict over our lives when we die? Life and death, meaning and direction, right and wrong, justice and judgment, heaven and hell. Simply be paying guesswork without revelation, just speculation. That can't be satisfactory, can it? A number of years ago, I was on a train up to Durham, and I was speaking, when I got to Durham, on this precise sentence, no one has ever seen God, uh, and so on. And so we left off King's Cross. It was the early days when, you know, mobile phones were still pretty chunky, you know, great big chunky things, and nobody really started using them much in the, tele- in, in the uh, railway carriages and so forth. But there was a girl in our carriage who had one. And she was going to get married quite soon. And she was speaking loud and clear to her fiancé, who obviously was going to get married too. And if you want to know what kind of wedding cake they were planning, what, what the bridesmaids were going to be wearing, where the wedding reception was going to be, the hairstyle of the bride, and so the color scheme of the day and so forth, what anybody in that carriage could tell you in minute detail. In fact, we were even given substantial details of what Jane and Jeremy were planning to do on the first night of their honeymoon. But I'm not going to go into that now. When we got to Doncaster, uh, some of the businessmen said as they got off, I've never been so glad to get to Doncaster in my life before. (laughs) Actually, there was somebody from Doncaster in the last congregation when I was speaking all this just a few minutes ago. So if that's you, please don't take offense. But actually, it was the other pair in the carriage sitting on the same table as me that caught my attention. It was a dad with a small daughter, aged eight-ish, Granny had just died. 
And the daughter kept asking, you know, where's Granny? And she just wouldn't let go. You know what it's like with small kids? She just wouldn't let go of it. And eventually they settled on an agreement that Granny was with the angels in the sky. And I didn't say this because it would have been rude and I don't think very helpful at that particular moment. But I kept asking myself, how, how do you know? If you haven't actually seen God, it's just guesswork. Pure speculation. Without revelation, you see speculation. And so Christmas, confusion. And it, it really does matter. I was speaking on this verse I mean, I do speak on other verses at other times, but I was speaking on this verse earlier this um, week to a group of people, and most of them were over 70. And you may consider this was a bit rude of me to say it, but I said, you know, all of you will be facing death, some of you, really quite soon. <laughs> and uh, over drinks, you know, one lady came up to me and said, yeah, well, I agree. And then she pointed, actually, you're not that far off either, William. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit a little bit sharp. But anyway, I've been quite abrupt myself. But, you know, to be approaching death, to be walking through life without knowing why you're here, where you're going, what lies beyond, how I can achieve my true potential, walking in the dark, Christmas confusion. Now, this is one of the reasons now why I love Christmas so much, because you can see the second half of the, the, the sentence here. Look at it with me on page three. It's absolutely key as part of this reading. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Now, it's a tricky little statement, isn't it, at the end there? But the only God refers to Jesus. It has to refer to Jesus because the writer has just said the word became flesh, and this whole account is about Jesus, the only God. The key little word in the clause, who is at the Father's side, I think is the word is. What John is saying is, this Jesus Christ who stepped into this world is now at the Father's side. That is, everything he displayed when he came has been vindicated, and he is now seated with the Father, at the Father's side, the only God who is at the Father's side, he, that refers to Jesus, has, is in the past tense, made him known. Now, one scholar puts it like this. He has declared God once and for all. So if you wouldn't mind just taking hold of it again, having a look at that sentence, I'm going to read it to you with that work having been done. No one has ever seen God. Yeah, you haven't seen God, I haven't seen God, without revelation speculation. But the only God, that's Jesus, who is vindicated now for all of his work at the Father's side, Jesus has made God the Father known once and for all time. Without revelation, speculation. With revelation, clarification. Well, I wonder what the best Christmas present is you've ever had. I think one of the best Christmas presents I've ever had is coming this year. So I'm very excited about it. But you know what it's like. You put your list in and you're not too sure. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure because I ordered it myself. So we won't, <laughs> we won't go into that. 
my dad was, um, you know, some people suggest that he might have been mildly eccentric. My, my daughter got married recently, and she said, now I got married, I realized some of the things we did in our family were really very unusual. I said, I think your husband sounds very odd. But anyway, there we go. He used to make a huge cracker. I mean, a really big cracker. It was about just short of the same size as the table uh, for Christmas lunch. We used to sit about 14 around the table at Christmas lunch, crammed in, and there was presents for everybody, and there it sat on the table. Of course, big cracker needs big explosion. And so we had a chimney in the, in the dining room, big chimney. You could actually fit a person up the chimney, and one year he put me up there with a shotgun, I don't know if you've ever let off a shotgun in an enclosed space. In an enclosed room, it's pretty bad. In a chimney, I tell you, when I came round, I discovered that cousin Jeffrey, aged 80, was on the point of being taken away by the ambulance to a Trelisk Hospital. It had been such a shock for him. Actually, he was fine. It wasn't as bad as that. I'm exaggerating. But anyway, until, until the cracker was opened, huge speculation. Is it going to be another donkey? Is it a kind of armored car? I mean, what's in it? What's in it? But of course, once it's been opened, boom! And then we all have a look at what's on the inside. Clarity. We all know what's there. And that's rather a long way round to get to the point. You know, he has made him known. Christmas confusion gives way to Christmas clarification. You can know God for yourself with certainty, because God himself has come down, right down into our world in the person of Jesus Christ to declare himself once and for all. Isn't that glorious? You can know him for yourself. I am told that... uh, by somebody, um, who knows somebody? I, I think there is some basis to this. It, it comes from the um, people who took the Queen's body away. That when they went to collect the Queen's body, there on the Queen's bedside table, battered, worn with use, was an open Bible. You know, the Queen, uh, and at the coronation, the monarch is presented with a Bible by the moderator of the Church of Scotland with these words, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Of course, because if God has come down into this world, we can know him. We don't just have to wander around the world guessing, taking pot luck. We can have certainty. And I'd love you to read this account of Jesus' life. You know when Jesus grew up, he said this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you know he said this? I and the Father are one. Do you know Jesus said this? I am the way, the truth, the life. And he backed it with the most perfect life you will ever have considered. And these extraordinary supernatural 
events culminating in his own resurrection from the dead. Well, one final comment then as we draw to a conclusion, and I'm not quite sure the best way of putting this. It's a kind of double-sided thing. So on the one hand, there is the comfort of Christmas. Do you know, I got started following the Lord Jesus in 1979 as an adult. I know you'll find it hard to believe that I was an adult in 1979, but I was. So back in 1979, as an adult, I started following the Lord Jesus. It happened like this. I'd been asked to spend a bit of time away from the school I was attending for reasons that are none of your business. And I went to stay with my granddad. And my granddad was a very clear Christian. And he talked to me about the darkness and the confusion that comes as a result of turning our back on the living God. And then he talked to me about the Lord Jesus. It was just before Christmas, it was December the 18th, 19th, 1979. They started talking about Jesus, Jesus, the light of the world, who came into the world to die on a cross so that I could be forgiven for all of my darkness and confusion and have life from God. And then he started talking about what it means to walk in the light. And of course, it's a glorious thing because when you come into the light, you know why you're here. You know where you're going. You'll know, you know how to reach your true potential because you're walking with the one who made you. It's a wonderful thing. And that weekend, I decided to follow the Lord Jesus. And I want to say it is the best decision I have ever made in my life. And you could do that this evening. In a couple of minutes' time, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want to read to you the prayer that I'm going to pray because you might like to pray it yourself. And I'll read it to you now slowly, and then in a couple of minutes, I'll read it again so that you can actually pray it for yourself. But this is just to let you know what I'm going to say so you can decide whether you want to say it yourself to God. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you have declared God to us once and for all. You are the light of the world. Lord Jesus Christ, I recognize that without you, I am in the dark. I can only speculate. Lord Jesus Christ, please would you make God known to me and light up my life. Now, you may not be ready to say a prayer like that. You may. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to do that. If you're not ready, you might like to look a bit further. But you see, there's another aspect to this, isn't there? Not just Christmas comfort, the comfort of knowing truth, truly. But there is Christmas challenge here. Because, see, if the truth is now there on the table for everybody to see, if God has declared himself... If I then choose to walk away from that, turn my back on it, do you know it says rather more about me than it does about God? Christmas challenge. Later in, in this account, Jesus actually says these words. He says, this is the verdict. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light, 
because their deeds were evil. See, the truth is there. It's there for you to see. You can walk into the light. (laughs) But if I decide not to walk into the light, I'll have nothing to do with that. Well, what does it say about me? Christmas challenge. Well, I'm going to say that prayer. And if you would like to pray it sincerely in your heart to God, to the Lord Jesus, then this would be the time to do it. Maybe you'd like to bow your head anyway, just so that uh, um, uh, we can say this prayer. And you can just sit quietly if you don't want to pray it yourself. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you have declared God to us once and for all. You are the light of the world. Lord Jesus, I recognize that without you, I am in the dark. I can only speculate. Lord Jesus, please would you make God known to me and light up my life. Amen.